You're listening to Modded. Today's episode, we are live in Seattle, and I'm here with Justin Chapman, who probably has one of the most recognizable, if not the most recognizable crosstrack anywhere on Instagram or in North America. And I wanted to ask you, um, I guess, what was your first car and what got you started into modifying the Subaru? Uh, so my first car was actually like the beginner rice rocket uh of my life it was a mitsubishi gallant 2001 i got it when i was 16 worked the ymca and childcare, and paid paid for it myself and you know kind of had an exhaust already and um it was it was kind of like the wannabe fast car that i had hoped to eventually have one day um it had uh, blue brake calipers, and it was the grossest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> um, but I I started modifying it more um, when I met a friend named uh, Tyler. He he had an Evo, and uh, since the bolt patterns were the same, he he let me have his old uh, Evo eight wheels, and I was just like, oh man, you know, getting getting some stuff done with the car finally. So. Um, Obviously, you know, Fast and Furious really <laughs> inspired me around that time. Um, I think it came out a couple of years before I started, you know, getting into cars. So, um, yeah, just there you go. I don't know. I think that was a was that the first one that came out right the first yeah, Fast and Furious. So I don't know what year it was. Um, when I was sixteen, it was two thousand six. So I'm not sure when they first release but yeah Wait, i think 2000 yeah 2006 i was talking to uh my buddy ron in in japan he lives out there and i told him like people don't understand kind of how big of influence that movie was for maybe all of modifying in general right yeah. but i think there were there were two different sort of um two different camps like the people that liked uh fast and the furious and that led them to modifying and then there was the people that had been doing it for some time, and they thought that that movie sort of uh, sort of put a bad image on what it actually was, or what especially if you're street racing at the time too. Like if they gave an idea of what street racing actually was, and it's actually not a whole. There's a whole different aspect of it. And I think he was there was even that um, MTV True Life, like I'm a street racer, where they were talking about how uh, it's like, you know, Fast and the Furious came out and people have no idea, like, this stuff is real, there's money being thrown around, and sometimes it can get pretty, pretty violent, right? Yeah. So then after the the Gallant, you said, right? Mm-hmm. What was after that? Uh, I got a 2004 WRX, and that, that kind of kick-started the, the whole modding scene for me, uh, more than the Gallant. Um, I got a, I got a taste for you know some modifications. I I don't know why, but I was really into Plasti Dip back then, so I <laughs> Plasti Dipped quite a bit of the Blanc. But uh, yeah, the WRX was really what started um, like the the full like tuning import scene um, that I'm a part of today. Um, it wasn't anywhere near um, what I thought it would be. When I first started, I, I didn't think I was going to end up here today. 
Um, I thought I was just going to, you know, put some wheels on, some suspension, just have some fun with it. Um, but yeah, it it helped me uh, meet a lot of really cool friends, a lot of really cool people. And uh, I mean, the Subaru community in general is just a, a really solid community. And back then, I feel like it was a lot more helpful than it is now. <laughs> uh, you know, back when, oops, sorry, uh, back when uh, Nasiak was really big. Uh, forums and you know you could ask, actually ask a question and he'd get an answer instead of uh, just Google it. Why don't you uh, you know look it up yourself kind of thing? Do you feel like Facebook has taken some of that away? Oh, it's it's yeah, it's been the main source of of all groups now. You know, it's, if you're a part of a group, you can just post and whatever. You don't have to. I I wouldn't say hide behind a, a username, but you know you don't have that anonymity anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Facebook's definitely changed the, the whole forum platform in general. So yeah, one of the biggest things I remember going to the forums for was just the um, like the Brembo swap information. Right, yep. people develop the entire thread mm-hmm. of what's customer extremely useful. And I know that they had even uh, my friend looked up right hand drive conversion threads that they had. Like if you're swapping stuff over, the essentials that's all laid out there. Yeah. Right? It's crucial, crucial information, and you're just not gonna have that on Facebook, other than if someone pins a post with like however many thousands of comments or whatever. Yeah, um, that, that's one thing that I mean. Still to this day, I'll I'll search an answer and or a question, and there will be an answer on a, a really old thread, like way back in the day, and mm-hmm. um, you know, like the the amount of detail that they put into write ups and stuff. Like, I don't think that'll ever that'll ever die. Mm-hmm. You know, you might get some people to go in depth a little bit, like asking a question on Instagram or something, you might get a response, but chances are you'll probably just be turned the other way. <laughs> What's been the biggest headache, I think, is the the photo bucket, like kick out of images. Oh yeah. Oh man. It. I mean, the majority of really useful posts aren't that useful anymore unless mm-hmm. you, you have someone who, you know, really outlined in, in text what they were doing, so. Um, yeah, I mean, that was huge. I, I used to go to NASIAC, especially for like wiring diagrams. You know, like I, I wired up my first pair of hello horns by myself when I was like super stoked, but I couldn't have done that without, you know, a, a wiring diagram mm-hmm. that I, uh, that I found. So you know, it's, it's crazy how, how just, you know, images being, being dead in threads really changes a lot. <laughs> yeah. And who you have to go to and hoping that someone gives you a response on a DM and Instagram, right? Yeah. So from the WRX, how did you go into the Crosstrek? So I think it was uh, 2011, I got the WRX, and I want to say it was the tail end of uh, 2015 that I pretty much did everything I wanted to do with the car. I bagged it, I had you know really good stance, and... Um, I did some performance modifications, nothing crazy, but um, you know, I was to the point where I was kind of bored of it, and uh, I was I was dating this girl at the time who had a two-year-old, and she was like, you need to get something more, you know, family-friendly and stuff, and I'm like, well, you know, maybe you're right. I, uh, I looked back, like in the back seat one day, um, we had the car seat there 
and uh, <laughs> the bags didn't ride that great. You know, it was kind of a bouncy ride, and I was looking back and her kids <laughs> bouncing up and down in the, in the back seat. So I was like, yeah, maybe maybe it's time. Um, you know, and at, at that point, I I was kind of thinking, you know, should I should I get out completely? You know, should I stop modifying? And you know, it it's not financially you know, the best choice if you're, you know, trying to to build a future and stuff, unless you have, like, a ton of money to throw around, which I didn't at the time. Um, so I said, okay, you know, let's let's look at some options. So I wound up going to the, the Subaru dealership uh, by my job, and I had some, some friends that worked there, and test drove a couple cars, and I wound up really liking the Crosstrek. It was like... Uh, it was comfortable. It was rugged looking. I, I don't know. I, I liked it a lot. And plus the, the orange really popped out to me. Um, I'd never seen a Subaru with that orange before. So um, I decided to part out um, my whole WRX build. I probably, <laughs> I probably sold everything in less than a week. I had like 60% off of what you know I, I paid for and there were a lot of custom parts that I had made over the years and stuff and um, I was I was almost just letting everything go thinking I was you know just trying to grow up and trying to you know get out and so anyway <clears throat> got the cross trek and not six months later realized that if someone's not going to support your your passions or your dreams then you know why why are you with them so <laughs> i uh i made the the choice to break up with this person and realized shortly after that uh 08 to 14 wrx suspension worked in cross trick so <laughs> uh that's that's pretty much the uh the start of the cross trick build was realizing that I had a lot of options instead of, uh, you know, desperately looking for cross track suspension, you know, something that wasn't a, uh, ADF fabrication, uh, lift or something, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, I started with WRX, uh, struts and STI pink springs and it dropped, uh, maybe four inches. I thought that, you know, I mean, immediately it looked way better because, you know, who who doesn't want to see a lowered cross track? But, um, but yeah, so from from there, just kind of kind of went. So then, let's go back to talk about uh, relationships for a little bit. So, how does uh, Alicia come into the picture? You're now wife. Let's talk about how, uh, what's the history between you guys. Oh, so. Uh, we, we met on Tinder, actually. Uh, it's probably uh, six months after I started modifying the cross track. And it, it turns out she actually followed me on Instagram. And uh, when we matched, she, she was like, hey, so I have this weird confession. I actually follow you and a lot of your friends on Instagram. I'm, like, I love your car and I love cars in general. And... Um, so I mean that that 
pretty much sealed the deal. It was like, hey, you know, finally someone who can not only respect what I've done and, you know, see, see what I've done as an investment instead of a waste of time. But, you know, she's, she's pretty cute. She has a, a WX of her own. And, uh, so yeah, so we, we pretty much hit it off. Like we, we hung out the first time and it felt like we had been friends forever. So, um, when you get the feeling like that, you, you know, that it's, it's real, you know? So, so how has she come along with her build? How have you kind of helped her? So it's funny, uh, when we first met her, uh, by the way, it's a, 2012 WX. So uh, when we first met, it was completely stock. And within the first month, I had it on coilovers, baked the headlights, like, you know, did the blackout on the headlights and um, did a couple other mods for her. Um, turns out she's always wanted to, to work on her car, but she never really knew who to turn to, how to get it done. So um, I mean, I, I know a lot of people in, in the area and stuff, and if I don't know how to do it, I know someone who does. So, um, I mean, from that, it's been quite a wild ride. You know, like right right now, we're actually uh, wrapping her car and bagging it in a couple months, hopefully, maybe sooner. Um, it was bagged at one point and then both of her compressors blew at the same time. So left oh, her man. stranded and had to kind of hobble it back home and swap some coilovers in there. But, um, yeah, this year is the year of her build. <laughs> so she's, she's excited. She finally gets to, you know, see her car get all built up instead of mine being the, the default, you know, so. Yep. So another thing that I, I wanted to ask you about is um, atypical designs, which is now, I guess, what would you consider a uh, wrapping company or what would you call it, just vinyl? So it's kind of steered into the direction of being a brand of its own. Um, I started, so the, the name Atypical came from a car group that my friend and I started called Atypical Crew. And we had, you know, 10, 15 members and we would go to car shows all the time and uh, we organized meets and um, I, I was the event coordinator and the treasurer and over the years things just kind of started dying down everyone was you know getting married and having kids and so uh, we wound up splitting up around 2013, 14 and I always liked the name atypical and what it stood for, you know, just being, being different is plain and simple, you know, doing, doing things out of the ordinary and against what, you know, cookie cutter builds look like. And, um, so when I, when I started getting into the vinyl aspect of things, I, I started with decals, you know, everyone wants an Instagram decal on their car. So that's where I started, and uh, I'd always wanted to try a polygon camo on my Crosstrek. Um, I thought it would look pretty cool, pretty wild. So uh, one day a friend came over and we, we knocked it out in a couple hours and showed up to a meet an hour later. And from then everyone was like, you know, where, where'd you get that? Where, where can I get this done? 
so it all, I just I did it you know a couple couple hours ago you know it wasn't a big deal and uh, got enough people asking me to do it for them that I decided like hey you know maybe this is a, a market that no one's really in right now um, so I started doing uh, like camo installs and you know there was uh, probably 10, 10 to 12 cars in a matter of a couple months that I had lined up and you know did installs on the weekends I I worked a full-time well I still work a full-time job and uh, atypical is still something that I do on the weekends and weeknights and uh, any free time I have I'm always trying to market and trying to you know build the company but um, but yeah it started with just some some shapes of vinyl on cars and uh, I started getting some some interest from people out of state so I thought to myself you know how how can we make this happen for people to you know have access to these designs um, that are in my area and so I came up with uh, some DIY kits which have honestly been the backbone of of this entire brand is you know being able to send a DIY kit out to Ontario and and to Florida and you know all of these places that are so far out of reach that I would have never been able to to market and now it's just you know drop it off at UPS and a couple days later they have their very own kit and then uh, you know it's awesome seeing uh, photos and stuff that that they they post once they're they're finished installing and I don't know it's just it's cool to see people wanting to represent something that you've you've created um, but yeah uh, on the other side of the spectrum I do full vehicle wraps as well it's mostly you know during the spring summer um, we get pretty crazy with all of the shows and stuff and everyone wants to finish their car and um, so yeah, we, we usually get around six cars in a season, um, but the DIY kits and the apparel and all the other stuff that I, I do really, really helps on the, the slower months that, you know, people are building and don't want wraps and stuff. So have you gotten international demands? Yeah. So, uh, we actually shipped a, a hoodie out to Australia the other day and, uh, shipping something to Japan, uh, I think next week, but yeah, I mean, a, a lot of Canada sales as well as us obviously, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, first, first, uh, over the seas was Australia a couple of weeks ago. So that was, that was really, really cool. So I liked, I liked the name that you had come up with, or at least when the brand was growing up and I saw you on Instagram and it said atypical. Because I always thought that's your car. That's exactly it. It's atypical, yeah. and especially in in the Subaru community, it's extremely difficult to have something that's uniquely yours. Mm -hmm. And and yours is definitely it. Your car is def definitely it. Because it was a surprise, I think, to everybody when they saw this car coming out. The, not only lowered, then you had the polygon wrap, and then you have, of course, the crazy like chassis mount wing, mm -hmm. right? So I think. The car itself is, is kind of the definition of what your brand is. Yeah. Um, 
and I, I've always been in love with with your car just oh, because it, it stands out and it stands for your brand specifically and I think it, it leaves people with, with an impression that kind of speaks to the type of person that you are so where do you see it going from this point forward honestly the the way it sits I'm I'm happy like for the first time in a, a really long time you know I I see it being a good a good place to not necessarily stop but uh, pause for a while um, and let let Alicia have the the reins for a little bit with her car um, you know I I tend to be a little selfish when it comes to you know putting my car first over hers and you know I know she feels left out so um, getting the opportunity to show both cars together uh, this year is going to be absolutely wild. You know, she she's always kind of been the like the sidekick, if you will. You know, just the the bridesmaid to the bride, and I think this year she's gonna she's gonna kind of hit it out of the water. So. Um, as far as hopes for the the build, I think it'd be awesome to get some more power. You know, it's an FB20. It's stock. It has exhaust. That's it. For everyone asking all the time, it's it's stock. It's gonna stay stock. Uh, reason being, it's still under warranty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna do. It. Uh, I've already had a short block replaced. I've had a CVT trans. Yeah, yeah it's CVT by the way. Notorious, yeah. no yep. notorious that that and the, for the foresters as well, same thing. Yep. Yeah. So I've had CVT replaced. I am about to have all of the valve springs replaced because it, it was a recall. Um, so I mean, I I'm fine with the the car right now. It, it has enough you know get up and go for me to mm -hmm. to be happy. And then if I want more power, you know, trade Alicia for the day, and you know she likes my car just as much as you know I like like it so uh she's she's actually excited to drive it every now and then because of how how people look at it on the road and stuff you know she she feels like everyone's looking at her and it's fun for her so it's definitely hard not to stare at the thing coming down the road just because of the way that it looks it's super aggressive now, especially the black wrap that it has on there yeah yeah so i guess to i mean thank you for being here and thank you for uh sitting down and recording probably like to close on how exactly you came up with the name Justin Has Nipples One because I feel like people know you for that. Well, uh, I don't like to lie, so um, you know, I, I tell the truth Justin Has Nipples, but uh, it was a, a really short, funny story. Uh, I have a friend named Lane, and her Instagram name is Lane Has Dimples. And one day I was just, you know, teasing her, and I changed my name to Justin Has Dimples. And uh, she said, "Well, you, you can't, you can't do that. You don't have dimples, so change it to nipples." And it's stuck ever since. <laughs> Probably a couple of years now. So yeah, it's definitely well known for that. Yeah, I I feel like a lot of people follow me just because of the name. It's hard not to want to click follow when you see that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, man. Um, whenever you're down in California. We'll link up. We'll see. Hopefully the cars can get together one yeah, day. Yeah, absolutely.